Welcome to episode 11 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, a.k.a. That Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, a.k.a. Agent Relic on Twitter. And today we got a couple of supernatural horror recommendations for you with Pie Wacket and Shudder's new release, The Power. And we're going to follow that up with something a little new, uh, a chat about some popular horror arguments from a cinema blend list we came across. I'm actually curious on how you came across this because it's from uh, 2015. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it? I don't know. I don't know yes. how I came across this. I um, I forget. I was, like, I, was I was wanting to to find something for us to to talk about and discuss, and I and I came across the, and I was like, these would be you know topics we could touch on, and that we may not. I think some of them would probably have different answers for. So that that part would be fun, you know. And yeah. I don't know these are talking points that I, I think I hear come up a lot. You know? Yeah, they're still they're still relevant six years later. It's just like I looked at the date and I was like, man, how did he even find this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even I didn't even notice the date, but that's he's had the tab open that. since 2015, I think, and just <laughs> on his Google Chrome. <laughs> yeah, I've had this tab open for over six years now, <laughs> just waiting for a moment that I could use it. You know, but yeah, I guess. Uh, We'll get into the movies first, and I, I can start us out with, uh, with a movie that I actually just finished prior to this recording called The Power. And it's a recent, recently released uh, supernatural horror slash thriller uh, that's on Shudder and AMC+. Plus. Yeah, it's a 2021 film, isn't it? It is, yeah. 2021, yeah, directed so by it's... Corinna Faith. Brand spanking new, hot Brand off new. the press. Hot off the press. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I came into this, uh, judging by like the description and everything, I figured it'd be... The, the one thing that sounded unique to me was the setting. So it's, it's a 1974, or 1973, rather, um, London, basically. And it's during the... There was like a minor strike uh, this year. I don't know all the facts of the um, like actual event. But it was it was basically oh, a minor strike. Historical context to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like so, there's because the miners were striking and it was causing like an, an energy crisis. <laughs> you, you said miners, and I was thinking like with an O, like kids miners. Oh and yeah, no, no, I no. Just, <laughs> I just realized that you meant miners. Like yeah, I mean like with gold. with pickaxes. <laughs> yeah. okay. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Not the ones that can't drive or drink yet. I mean the ones that uh that do both and use pickaxes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the miners the are on time. strike. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, that's that's dangerous. You know, you shouldn't drive uh, and drink, or drive and use pickaxes for that matter at the same time. <laughs> or drink and use pickaxes. <laughs> yeah, right, those three items. You know, <laughs> just don't do any three of them. Don't do any yeah. two together. <laughs> if you're gonna drink, just stay at home. You know, don't go mining or drive anywhere. <laughs> uh, so anyway, like the miners are on strike and it's causing an energy crisis, right? So. They're, they have to switch off the power across Britain, uh, basically causing like th what they called it was like three day weeks or whatever is what the, the power usage equated to like what would have been before three days worth of power. Um, so like at night, they would switch off all the power everywhere. and People would use generators if they wanted to have power. So this is about a, a young nurse who's just started at a hospital and she... Kind of gets on the, the head nurse's bad side right at the start of the movie. And so she gets assigned to stay overnight, which is like the shift nobody wants. And 
it's because it's like sketchy, you know, like it, most of the hospital's dark except the part where like they're at and it's not for everybody for sure. And so she doesn't want to do it, but she has no choice because the, the head nurse kind of made it clear that she either does this or doesn't have a job there anymore. You know, yeah. the head nurse is very aggressive towards our, uh, our main character here. And she like you kind of can tell right from the start there's like a through the music and through the the way everything's shot and like you can tell that there's something not quite right and like it's it gives you an ominous vibe kind of throughout the first 30 minutes kind of the opening act and once you hit that 30 minute mark the story's kind of established she's met her coworkers. there's a couple a couple co-workers that work in a different uh floor the one right below her and they work in the like pediatric like the uh where the babies are born and stuff the nursery yeah. you're my dog yes <laughs> is that a dog yes yeah, that's my dog <laughs> i was like what was that Sounds yeah like that. it was creepy it honestly i got nervous for a second we're talking about this sketchy shit and then uh oh man then i your hear that is- your house is possessed. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me go wake my dog up real quick. I think he's having a bad dream or something. This is uh, you know, I don't want him to suffer. All right, he's cool now. He's cool now. Maybe my house isn't haunted. Uh, this movie, though, she meets her co-workers, and, uh, one of her co-workers is very much into horror. She's reading Carrie, uh, and is kind of, like, into the fact that there's, that the hospital's creepy. And the other co-worker that works in the, in the department below her is quite the opposite. She thinks it's silly, and that, like that's nonsense and that nurses are there to serve and like that you know she's very dedicated to her craft and stuff and doesn't think any of it's creepy or whatever and so then she meets uh the woman she's working directly with overnight her her only uh companion throughout the night shift is actually somebody from high school that she hated and that was a bully that that like picked on her so she is poor girl is working a shift that she doesn't want to do in the dark in a sketchy hospital uh, in close quarters with the person that uh, like she hates and probably kind of hates her too you know and they're very like snobby towards each other her and the the girl that she didn't like the girl from her past and i I will say the girl from the past is significantly snobbier the the main character tries to be nice but Kind of isn't isn't allowed that uh, luxury by by her former uh, acquaintance, and so kind of after after this is all set up is when the weird shit starts happening. Right, the lights go out and stuff starts going bump in the night, and she hears weird noises. At one point, like right after the lights go out, she's grabbed by her coat and like just drugged through the dark, and it's it's shot in a way that's like it, they make cool use of the light so like she has a lantern that she carries around to tend to her patients and such and like they like when she gets drugged by i guess i could say the entity because there is something in this hospital uh and you kind of know that within the first 30 minutes so i can that's not a spoiler but um 
there's some sort of entity of presence, a malevolent presence in this hospital, and it when it grabs her by the coat and stuff, the lantern like gets flung down the hospital. Uh or flung down the hallway. And so you see like the light rolling and stuff and her get like jerked around the corner and everything and there's like you hear whispering and stuff in the dark and it's it's a little tropey at first. Um but I think once you hit the hour mark, it starts getting super interesting and different. That's kind of where it it takes a turn that sets it apart from uh, what I kind of expected this movie was going to be from that first 45 minutes to an hour. And, and before that, I kind of, like going in, it was kind of meeting all my expectations. I was like, okay, this is kind of your, your average, like decent, well-made, like, uh, you know, paranormal type movie. And then... The, the final act is is where it all comes together and it all it flips what you thought on you know on its head and shows you a whole different angle that you didn't know about and kind of makes the movie what it is yeah i guess that's i man that was a lot i just yeah that was a lot <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to say i was just sitting here i was listening it renders you yeah, speechless huh yeah it sounds interesting uh i definitely saw the lantern i think in the trailer so like the whole movie's dark and then the lantern like is the light source i guess yeah the only the only places in the hospital that have lights are like the the departments that they're actually working in right there like so when they have to go in between departments or they have to go get supplies or they any anywhere other than basically the one room where they're stationed to is dark and they're all those rooms are powered by generators and you can hear the generators in the background and like it at obviously a couple points of the movie they have problems with the generators so it's all dark and you know, then that's spooky shit happens and stuff. But like, is it a lot of jump scares or uh, is it? I think more there's of a good a... there's a good mix. The, like I was saying, the first like I would say the first thirty minutes to an hour is more of your average tropey like jump scares and kind of sound effect scares and stuff. But then once you kind of hit that final act, is where it it starts having some really effective like shock value and like yeah, you know what, like what is actually going on here yeah exactly as the plot kind of the the actual kind of plot reveals itself and and you realize what's actually going on i think that's when it gets interesting and there's some different some different stuff in there and i think i i think it really like i i expected more of a uh i expected less answers than they give you i think they they actually go really into what exactly is happening, and by the end of this, you know exactly what happened. And it's like, I thought it would be way more of a ambiguous, yeah, typical like it's a it's a demon or something, some sort of supernatural thing, and then it goes away, and you know you don't really know. But this this movie gives you all the answers that you want. Does it answer but, it in a a grounded way, like that? It like realistic, I guess. Yeah, sort of, sort of. More realistic than I expected, but there is still some supernatural stuff going on. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't... Okay, I'll say, does it, like... It's not one of those movies where it, like, fakes you out. Oh, there was no ghosts, really. It's all just, you know, it's not yeah, one of those. Like, like, like the boy from a few years back with the Yeah, plow. which I, that one was actually smart, though. I liked yeah, how they yeah. did that one. Yeah, me too. But, but it, it, like, it, like, strip like, it made it plausible i guess like it, it explained how yeah. everything happened <laughs> yeah exactly it ex there's because there's one question that's gonna kind of lurk your mind as you're watching it and it answers that question in a way that feels plausible yeah 
in a way that feels way more plausible than what I thought it was going to feel like when they actually, you know, I was like, man, this is probably, I was concerned about the reveal, like if it was going to be shoddy or not. And, but it was really well done, I thought. And it was, it's kind of very uh, relevant to a lot of, even though it's set in 1973, to a lot of current uh, events, current uh, debates, political debates and kind of. Yeah, I think it's always Stuff interesting, like, like, with horror, especially, like, directors and writers, like, if they believe in Supernatural, it comes off a different way when they write it, or direct it, or, you know, yeah, how, they, how they showcase it, like, if they, their own, like, ideas about stuff come across. And it sounds yeah, it's like, like they one, inject their own ideals into it. Yeah, put some, like, deny, like, deniability in it, I guess, or some... They, they kind of yeah like, it kind of plays up both sides where like both sides will be happy with this i think like if you're if you're a believer or a non-believer i think you'd be satisfied with the way this turned out this isn't based on a true story is it or is it just it's, no no it's based on a real minor strike though yeah the minor strike stuff is real it's like based on a real time in history but it's just not like this stuff didn't actually happen. so it's like a distorted reality i guess or like yeah. alternate, alternate history i guess is the genre <laughs> yeah sort of yeah like an alternate history because it's like there's a lot of factual stuff and it's very grounded in his presentation and the way it like i would say it's grounded in, in a similar way to like a lot of the modern like the way the witch is grounded or the way the hereditary is grounded but maybe not quite quite that grounded they lean more into the supernatural i think a little than those but but it feels very realistic the way it's portrayed i found this uh you were talking about carrie being in it and uh the movie set in 1973 but yeah carrie was first published in 1974 <laughs> yeah yeah that's a goof <laughs> yeah. i'm just yeah. reading all this stuff yeah it's like the so the the miners thing, it actually has a little information here about that too. That um, yes, I'm it was the th the three day week thing, you know, and and then they ran that that power uh, grid schedule for it looks like about five months or so, from like December of seventy three to like March of seventy four. Imagine if that happened now, because like back then it's not as big a deal because everything wasn't electronic based, but literally people's right. lives would be uprooted. <laughs> Like, you can't charge your phone, you can't. <laughs> yeah, well, there's countries, like, so I have a friend who lives in South Africa, and that happens there now, I think. They have, like, power shutoffs, because we've played video games before, and, like, he'll just, he'll be like, All right, you know, today I may drop out randomly, because the, the power's going to shut off. And they, they do the same thing, it's to, like, conserve power. Huh. And it's that's now, like, that's current. So I don't know if it's, if it's, it's happening anywhere else, but I, I know it's an issue there. So they probably like rotate it, like oh, this part gets it shut they off do. this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like his his area will get it shut off at a certain time of day, like a certain window, you know. And then the next area will will go off during the next window, and so on and so forth. They rotate them out. Hmm. Well, you got anything else you want to add to this movie? I don't. I don't think so. It's. I think I said it was on Shutter and AMC Plus. I recommend it. I liked it. It, it subverted. Uh, kind of my expectations of, of what it was going to be. And and even though I think that the first act or act and a half are, are kind of average, it, it the, that final act makes up for it, you know? Yeah, and now maybe rewatching it too, it'll improve the first two acts. Knowing. I think it will. Yeah, knowing knowing stuff that I, you know, didn't know the first go around, be I think a rewatch would help this. Because one. a good ending 
hopes the whole movie a bad ending hurts it. Like you'd go back right. every yeah. So like now that you know where it's going, like you could be yeah. like, oh, look at. I'll it, probably you know? catch a lot of stuff I, that I missed, like hints, you know, subtle hints to what's going on that I missed the first time, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. I recommend it if you're into, you know, like kind of supernatural horror stuff. Very well done. Good performances and good cinematography and just a great atmosphere. I, it was spooky from the time I started it. You know, even before things got scary, there was a nice ominous feel to it. But yeah, good one. Good one. What All you right. got for us? Yeah, I'm going to switch it from supernatural to ritualistic demons, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's still in the same, uh, you know, ballpark. Maybe I was on like, you know, first or second base and you're like headed for home, you know, or on on third, but we're in the same ballpark. Yeah, so I brought a Piwacket, which is on Hulu and I believe it's on AMC Plus as well. Yeah. So it is AMC Plus. I'm not yeah, AMC Plus and Hulu. Um it's directed by Adam McDonald who hasn't directed a lot, but he also has a movie called Backcountry, which is about a a bear. A, a couple that, yeah, get attacked by a bear in the wilderness. That sounds interesting too, and I'll probably definitely check it out after seeing this one. But Piwacket is it's kind of more of a drama than you'd expect because the movie opens and it's about this mother and her daughter who are struggling to come to terms with the death of the the father. Like okay. it's never really explained how the father died, I don't think. But like they both handle it in different ways and the the daughter, she's a teenager, she's like probably I think she's like sixteen. Because, like, she wants to drive to school to her by herself, but her mom won't let her. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Probably so I bet she's... around there, then. Yeah, 16 or 17. And she kind of hangs out with the the burnouts at school a little bit. And, like, her okay. friends, like, do satanic rituals and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. They're very, uh, very poor kids. I'm gonna say, I hung out with the burnouts when I was in high school, too. And, like, we didn't ever do any satanic rituals. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a, because it's a Canadian horror film, maybe that's what they do up there in Canada. They, yeah, maybe uh, it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Weed's legal, so they need something a little more exciting, you know, so yeah, they, they summon the devil. They definitely smoke a bit, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to heavy metal. Yeah, so they got an idea one day, they got really stoned listening to heavy metal, and they're like, hey, you know, maybe we could, we could summon this guy and have a conversation with him. <laughs> yeah, but the mom, too, is very, uh... Uh, she's struggling with it too and she decides to she needs a fresh like a change of scenery i guess so she wants to move to this rural like cabin in the middle of nowhere uproot their whole lives like because she just needs to get away from it yeah and uh the daughter who (sighs) is leah leah reyes and then the mother is just called mother i believe so yeah, Miss um, Reyes is what I'm doing. And the says. mother is played by Lori Holden, who some of you may know from The Walking Dead. I was gonna say I've seen I've seen her in something. Yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff. Really, really good, really good performances from both of them. Uh, Leia is played by Nicole Munoz. So yeah, yeah they're, they're both not great. familiar with her. Yeah, I can't say I've seen her in anything else either. But uh, yeah, they're both great. Definitely standouts from the movie. But um, so they move to this cab like this remote cabin i guess and the mom lets leia finish out the school year with her friends and commutes her like she says it as like an hour so i don't know if that's like it's an hour one way or if it's 30 minutes one way 30 minutes back but it's 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 quite a drive and uh okay. 
yeah, so... Um... Leia... She decides that she's not happy with the move, so she summons... She finds out about this demon, Piwacket, uh, and she pulls off a ritual to have Piwacket kill her mother. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And it's... It's very, it's an very evol involved process. She has to like take a lock of hair and uh, slit her wrist for like, it's like a blood ritual. And she has to like say like pie whack it three times or something like that. And there's like okay. a bowl and she like buries it in the ground. <laughs> it's very, what? A very weird ritual. And and I like then, that though, that they like went through the, you know, like the trouble of like thinking up a ritual, you know, for yeah, this. And That's I super cool. Pie whack it is made up. For this movie, I don't believe it's a anything in any other sort of lore. See, and that's badass. They like created their own lore instead of you know taking yeah. something from Christianity, like most horror movies. Yeah, and the the ritual is pretty early on in the movie, so the rest of the movie is just you waiting for the mother to be killed, I guess. <laughs> if <laughs> if if Piwacket is real, but I mean, at one point the daughter is sleeping, and this creepy like shadow monster comes from the corner of her room and drags her outside while she's sleeping and she just wakes up outside. Does, does it look sick? Like are the effects cool and stuff? Uh they're pretty It doesn't really show a lot, I will okay. say. Okay. Yeah, it it doesn't want to give it away. Subtle. Like yeah. But I mean that scene that scene right there is super creepy. Like it's a shadow monster comes from like the corner, like the ceiling. So it like crawls down the wall. And oh then, man, I love that shit when stuff crawls down the walls. That's creepy. Yeah, she uh, she's so scared by it. She invites her friend from school to uh, to stay the the weekend, I guess. Actually, I think it's just one night. It's like she comes for one night to stay, and stuff happens to the the friend too. So uh, it's definitely uh, okay. Yeah, this so, is like something I dig, to be honest. Like, yeah, it, it's. Also shot incredibly, incredibly well. Like, like ten out what's of ten. With the, what's with the string? I see pictures on IMDb. Can you tell me that without ruining the movie? I'm trying to think. I don't really. It looks think super it... interesting seeing these yeah, pictures of the girl like in the string. And I'm guessing that's Leah or Leia. Yeah, it's Leia. I I don't remember it having that much relevance. I'm just trying to think. It's a cool picture of her, like, standing in the middle of all the strings in the forest and stuff, and it just looks interesting. It may yeah, not but, be that relevant, but it looks cool. Yeah, the cinematography in general is really, really good. Like, when she's at school, like, the camera will slowly follow her through the school in long takes, and the, the color work's good. There's a really cool... There's a part with a lot of fire, and you see it in the the front windshield of the car reflected backwards. So, like, you see the person driving. Like, you see okay. inside the windshield, and then you see the fire through the reflection of the windshield. Really cool. Um, okay. Yeah, the performances are great. Uh, there's a lot of drama, I think. It, it does a really good job mixing the two. I was going to ask, does it feel like it's, it's a good balance, or does it lean one way or the other? Yeah, so, I don't think it'll spoil it, but... Uh, so you're waiting for the mother to be killed, and as this is happening, Leia and her mother kind of rekindle their relationship a little bit. Oh shit! And Leia wants out. She wants like to reverse the ritual. So I guess that's the like what will lead to yeah. The, I don't the think climax. You, uh, I don't think you get out of deals with the devil. I'm pretty sure that's permanent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess you have to find out. But uh, 
you kind of has a change of heart, which is kind of crazy. Like you're like, I want her dead, and then the, the next two days you're like, eh, you know what? <laughs> maybe maybe she's yeah, not like so bad. that's a, an insane change of heart. But know? also, it's like it's a satire of teenage like angst, I guess. Right. Exactly. Like that's well, very. Which is like, that's accurate. One day you feel like yeah, you like hate exactly. your parents, you want them to die, and the next day you're like, yeah, they're all right. It was fine. I was overreacting. And I think that's <laughs> you know? what this movie, yeah, it plays on that a lot. Like, because the, like, she lost her father, so obviously you see that grief, but also her mother lost her husband. I, see, I'm not, it's not clear the father's backstory, I don't think so. Like, I'm not sure if they were right. still together when uh, he died or if it was like a, if they were separated or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it plays on that super well. Yeah, this whole, sounds super cool. The drama angle. I do think the ending is a bit, uh, like yours was, uh, like your movie, you said the ending improved it. I think this, it doesn't detract from the movie, but I just wish there was more. Yeah, like, it's, the poster even says that one of the quotes is fantastically creepy, lands with a punch to the gut, so. Yeah. Yeah, the ending's crazy, but then it just, like, ends. It's like, it's a cool crazy ending that you're like oh i want more like to, to know more about yeah, this and then it just ends more. yeah like i wish it was explored more like the demon pie Wacket and but as a drama and horror movie which mixes pretty well i think it's a solid solid pick yeah and there's been a it seems like lately with like modern horror there's been a lot more of the of the drama slash horror kind of the almost almost mumble gore it's like mumble gore inspired you know, it's like a, a lot of drama infused horror. Like, yeah, I would definitely say this would be mumble gore inspired if you're going to use that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like that term a lot. It's it's like <laughs> mumble gore meets horror. You know, it's a perfect yeah. description. But but we both love mumble gore movies. So like, but yeah, someone who doesn't like that because I know it's a very off putting style to a lot of people. We were like, oh, what's the point of this? You know? Yeah. Which. I, I can see, but also, like, I don't know. I I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's like, the most of those movies are not cut and dry, which I like. I appreciate that, you know? Mm -hmm. The way they, they tell stories. But, yeah, that this sounds like a cool merging of things that I really like, and I should like this. I'm gonna check. And I got, I have AMC Plus and Hulu, so. It's also on I, IFC Films Unlimited, if anybody happens to have that separate of, of I know that comes with AMC Plus, IFC Films Unlimited. So, I, I don't know. I'm assuming you can probably buy that separate also by itself. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm going to check this out. And I definitely recommend uh, The Power. Yeah, so that's cool. Two cool newish recommendations. Because Piwak, it's from, I, th I think it was released in 2018. Like it says 2017, okay. but I think it came out in 2018. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like yeah. TIFF yeah, tif in September 11th of 2017. Okay, yeah. If it was and, that uh, late, hitting TIFF, then it for sure didn't release worldwide until after 2018. Yeah. Or till in, during 2018. I feel like so. a lot of good horror comes out of Canada, too. I feel like it's a very, uh, yeah. I don't know. They have a cool, unique style to them, too, I think. Definitely. Definitely. I've seen a lot of cool stuff. And well, like uh, Madeline Dusty that we had on Canada, yeah. man. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> good, good shit coming from Canada, yeah. Well, I guess let's go into this Cinema Blend article. And 
discuss it's what the title of the article is eight arguments horror fans can't stop having and you want to why don't you take us into the first question and we'll, we'll kind of throw it back and forth as we go so so the article is a lot of stuff you'd expect like you know just trying to think like freddy versus jason all that sort of stuff but there's yeah. some i think i think there's some diverse and interesting questions here and the first one we want to go through is tension versus shock. Do you prefer the slow the yeah. slow build of tension or do you like the pure shock value? Yeah, I, I guess we should say too that this is we are going in a different order than the, the article has them. So if you pull up this article, which I'll link it in the description of, of this podcast, but just know it's not going to go in the same order as we're talking about and we structured them kind of so it make more sense. But yeah, so that conversation of, could flow a little better. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you gotta have a healthy healthy mix of both. So that's what I, I was think. thinking too. Because like the first example that comes to mind is uh Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Um, yeah. Because like it's tension, but it also has that shocking shower scene. Like exactly. It's like a good a perfect balance, I think, of tension and shocking when like you I can spoil Psycho at this point, I think. It's, like, what, 50 fucking years old? Uh, like, when he turns the chair around at the end of the movie, and, like, it, you know, you see that it's a fucking skeleton. of the, Or when the girl turns it around, she's the one who finds it. But, like, that's I a shocking s- reveal, and it, but it's been built up by a lot of tension. You know? Yeah, and I do think that this article kind of leans shock into jump scares, which are very, uh, I don't know, they're, they're very, uh, very divisive in the horror community i think the the jump scares <laughs> yeah i think how do you feel about that we could we could add that onto this how do you feel about jump scares because i'm kind of uh, i think they're okay if they're used smartly but I also a lot of under, them feel cheap under yeah if it feels cheap but i also understand the reason for it because like a lot of people are easily scared so that jump like it's it's a cheap way to get that reaction that you want right which right. so i like i understand it, especially in like mainstream horror movies like it completely makes sense on why yeah like paranormal activity i think trying to think paranormal activity does a good job of like i think it has the shock and the jump scares but it also does a really good job i think of injecting like a sense of like being uncomfortable and a sense of dread into like the the mundane moments also you know yeah The Invisible Man, the paint, the paint scene. That's definitely a jump scare that works. Yeah, I think. that I shit myself, dude. When that <laughs> dude, that's like... the scariest thing I've seen uh, in, tw- <laughs> in twenty twenty. <laughs> it was that. Paint. Yeah, that was a good jump scare. And if you sure. haven't seen Invisible Man, just uh, whenever you see the paint, just uh, close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, pucker, pucker your butt because it's coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think to to make uh, you know that perfect uh, horror movie, you gotta have. A balance between tension and and i like fucked up stuff you know like so i'm a bad person to ask that question because i like shocking stuff i'm here for it i watch i would say and i'm more on tension like i like the atmosphere and the dread of it like more than the shock shock can work it's very hit or miss on if it's effective or not but i think like a well-built atmosphere is like always effective right but i think to make the yeah i think to make the you know, the ideal horror movie for me would be a balance of the two. But, but I, yeah, yeah, I see why people like one or the other. For sure. Yeah, see, they're also classifying shock as, like, graphic violence or, like, big kills, which, obviously, every, like, 
if you like horror and slashers, you love probably are into that. Yeah. Yeah. Great kills. So like, I definitely like that stuff too. So <laughs> yeah, like Rob Zombie is a lot of his stuff is shock value and like Eli Roth, you know, same, same kind of stuff. Like it's, I feel like, and I'm into that. This is the perfect example of it too. I think the tension versus shock final destination, all the kills, the tension of knowing that they're going to die, but the yeah. shocking ways that they die. Like it's why yeah. it's a perfect horror franchise. I think. Yeah. That's like, why they got so popular probably while they were yeah, insanely massive. Cause you see these set pieces and you're like, Oh, this is what's going to kill them. This is what's going to kill them. Like you see all the things that could kill them. And it's always right. something that you don't expect <laughs> or like, right. And I've heard people have way. that conversation about horror before too, is that it's, what you concoct in your mind or what you think could happen is always scarier than what you see happen, right? So I think yeah. that's what you building that see. tension of them showing you you items or them showing you, you know, something that that makes you put stuff together in your head is as effective as you, them showing you, or more than them showing you it playing out. You know, yeah, that's like why Texas I think Chainsaw. Paranormal activity is effective too, is because it's realistic, like. Yeah, it's just showing you someone's house and you're like, anything could be there. Like, it's just like it's making it in your own mind. Like, what is what is happening there? Right. And that movie took it. To like it, put it inside your house, you know, like, that could be your house, like it, it put it in your mind that like, that's just an average house. There's nothing special about this house, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what made it scary is that people were like, that could happen to anybody, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but I like the the. The example that I always go to, and I know a lot of people do, but it's people remember the original Texas Chainsaw as being hyper violent. But really, the movie's not that violent at all. It like cuts away before anything bad happens, and it's all implied violence for the most yeah. part. And it's like that. That kind of speaks to the fact that you know what you can concoct in your head when you're given imagery that you know influences you to uh think darkly is much scarier than what they can show you happening you know yeah the next question we're gonna go with is is pg-13 ratings the best or worst thing to happen to horror i think it's neither it's neither the best nor the worst yeah i definitely agree and i think a lot of the like what we were just talking about like pg-13 movies generally rely a lot on jump scares i think yeah the cheap yeah. gimmicks but also there's some really really good ones so <laughs> like i don't think you can lump all pg-13 horror movies into like a right the, they're the worst thing to ever happen to horror yeah i see a lot of takes on twitter and stuff and within like the horror kind of echo chamber of like people are like oh if it's rated pg-13 i'm skipping it but like i don't feel that way i, f- I mean there's been plenty of, of pg-13 horror movies that I thought were effective and that scared me, but I, there's also been a handful or, or plenty that were shit too. But I think that same thing goes for R-rated. I've seen a lot of shitty R-rated horror movies also, but like Insidious, for example, is a great and creepy ass franchise, and all those are PG-13. First, I was thinking, I was like, wait, are you saying that that's shitty? And then I remembered that that's PG-13, right? <laughs> yeah, all so those are PG-13, yeah. and, and I like all those. They're creepy as hell, and like also, 1408. That's one of my favorite horror movies ever. Uh, the remake of The Ring is also PG thirteen. Yeah. Also, yeah. um, A Quiet Place. Uh, from yeah, a few see, years back. and that movie is so intense. Like that, yeah, that movie, movie is... that movie's like perfect tension. Like that is the yeah. very like, and it there's... even has 
like some shock, I think. There's some moments where your jaw hits the floor during that movie, you know? And it's still PG-13. I think I don't know. I think that's a bad generalization people make. Happy Death Day. The the first Happy Death Day. I don't know about the second one, but yeah, the, the first one's, one's PG-13. The second one's PG-13, I'm pretty sure, too. Well, there we go. Because also I mean, Freaky might be PG-13 as well. No way. Freaky's got to be R. Well, yeah, because the kills the in that one were, the were way, yeah, yeah, the kills were way more intense in that one, but, or like The Visit, M. Night Shyamalan, I thought that movie was, was really intense and creepy, and it's like, I don't know, I, that's a terrible generalization in general, I think, that PG-13 movies are, horror movies are bad, you know, like, yeah. I don't think they're the best thing to happen to horror, but I definitely don't think they're the worst, you know, like, there's a ton that I like, and there's a ton that I hate, but... Like I said, that goes for R-rated horror movies also. Yes. I don't think the rating makes it good or bad. You know? No. It's the content. What about a PG horror movie? you think that that could work? I mean, aren't there... Like, isn't Poltergeist? Well, so rating standards back then are different, right? So yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's the hard thing. Like, Jaws it, is it, also PG. <laughs> yeah, but rated today, that would be PG-13, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm just thinking of a recent, like, is there a recent PG horror movie? <laughs> I don't think so. Other than, like, maybe, like, Goosebumps, you know, or Coraline, like, those those kind of kids horror yeah. movies, I guess. But but not, like... I feel like, yeah, that bro. Goosebumps, that was pretty good, though. I like that. But, I, I mean, it's definitely not the same amount of horror as... Right, right. Or, like, Haunted Mansion, you got stuff like that, you know, and, like, Scooby-Doo. Those movies were PG. Yeah. I think they're all cool movies and they're done well, but they're not scary, you know, like, yeah, I think you have you just it takes a really good director to make a scary PG-13 horror movie because like they're so limited in what they can do. I think it, it speaks think, volumes to what they can do as a director if they can pull yeah, it off. Do you think that they think about that a lot of the times? Like, do you think that they think about cutting oh, stuff sure, to make it sure. PG-13? Yeah, to make yeah. it. Because then anyone can see it pretty much, right? Like any age. Because like any right. year old well, isn't going to see. They kind of yeah. they produce both, right? They have PG thirteen and and R rated horror movies, and they kind of. I feel like that's why because teenagers yeah. like horror movies too, but they can't always get into rated R ones, you know. And then so. those PG and then the, those PG thirteen like those massive box office successes fund the rated R stuff. So yeah, exactly. Because, like, exactly. the Ouija, the Ouija, the original one, people crap on it because it's PG-13. I thought it was... I actually like that, like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one. But, <laughs> but I'm I sure believe, I would think it was fine. Yeah. Not hard um, I believe the sequels were rated R. But, but that movie was so massive, um, being PG-13, right. that it funded a whole franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it, it can be just as effective, and, and it's... You're just working with a smaller palette, I think, of what you can, how you can tell your story. You know, but if you're creative enough, I think you can do it and make it just as frightening and effective as an R-rated horror movie. All right. So, uh, which is scarier, slow zombies or fast zombies? What do you think? I'm curious. I, I got a, I got an answer that I put together for this one because I, this is an interesting topic to me that I've discussed with people before. So you hit us with your, what, how do you feel about this? The word which is scarier, I think it's slow zombies. Okay. Because. Interesting. Yeah, because they build the dread more. And like, 
I feel like with fast zombies, a lot of time it's action and the zombies don't feel as threatening because the humans have to be more equipped. They're usually more equipped, like World War Z, like they're super equipped to handle yeah, the situation. They're yeah, the fucking so they don't army. Feel yeah. <laughs> as and like in video games too, I think fast zombies like it's not as scary. Like it's like a it's more of an action thing, I think. But, yeah, uh, that's that's I could see that, and I think my take on it is that they're both uh, equally as scary for different you're reasons. You're just gonna you can't do you get it's a debate article. You got to pick one. <laughs> I mean, I if saying, I had to pick one, you know <laughs> that I would pick the slow zombies because I like the Romero zombies. But yeah, <laughs> I think I don't know. Fast zombies scare me more just because of how hard they would be to get away from like how intimidating the pursuit phase would be you know I feel like also with fast zombies like the normal people like that you would see in the walking dead would be dead in a blink of an eye the whole population just went exactly so like they're scarier in that sense but also i think the slow zombie like because they're just overwhelming like yeah in the walking dead that whole prison like the whole prison is surrounded by slow zombies you know that they're getting yeah, and to me like being think about like being killed by a fast zombie versus a slow zombie you're gonna be dead in as like 30 seconds tops with a fast zombie he's gonna rip you the fuck apart but like a slow zombie is gonna clumsily knock you down and hold you down and like grab handfuls of you at a time and stuff like it would be excruciating and like drawn out and painful to be killed by a slow zombie versus like a fast zombie yeah so I, I think I'm going with slow zombies also, which I feel like we're probably in the minority. Most people would say fast zombies, I think. Are but scarier? I think they would just because nah. they're not thinking about it from the perspective of, of like, like in how the way movies are typically made, they're thinking of like what they would be more scared of, you know? Can but, you, what's your favorite application of the fast zombies in movies? Can you think of an example? Hmm. There's a lot of good ones, uh, but I gotta lean towards like 28 days later, probably. I like the fast zombies in that. They're scary to me. Because they felt like people. I don't know. The zombies in 28 days later feel more like people than a lot of the zombie movies, I think. They feel like they're more humanized almost. Like they're like animalistic people, sort of. So that's I'd go with that. I think is one of my favorites. I've really liked like honorable mention would be uh, I Am Legend. I really liked the zombies in that. So, like, I Am Legend. That's a out there pick. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was movie. the whole like <laughs> night and day thing was interesting. You know, like how it was like he had to make sure he was inside by dark or you know. But those I guess technically aren't zombies. They're like mutants, sort of. Yeah, they're they're the same thing as like the Resident Evil. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're mutants. But I count that. I count that. So yeah, that's an honorable too. mention for me is, is I'm Legend because I really that was a cool design. But yeah, I'd, I'd go probably, with 28 Days Later. And I'd probably go with Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I like that one too. That that opening scene of like the, the suburbs and they're just running through it is crazy. Crazy cool. Yeah, that is really cool. That's I one think of my he, favorites. Yeah, he, he definitely uh, brought the fast zombies. Because like World War Z, like I never felt scared for any of the characters and uh, like i still nah. think it's a good movie it's, but an, it's action an action movie, movie. yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i think dawn of the dead is a proper horror movie and i and i it's interesting too like comparing it to the original which 
was not fast zombies. Like, I've actually never seen the original. <laughs> yeah, they're the same zombies, you know, from like Night of the Living Dead and stuff, because it's just a continuation yeah. of it. And like, it, uh, I don't know, it's weird watching it. The story is the same, though. Like, it's the mall and it's the. It's the like I don't know. It's 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 an interesting juxtaposition seeing like the same story told but with different types of zombies. But I like them both. Yeah, maybe one day we'll uh, double feature it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an interesting double feature. I think to do both of those together. As long um, as we don't do the Night of the Living Dead remake, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen it, but I've heard I've heard you uh, <laughs> about that movie a few times. <laughs> and it's crazy to me that like t- I think Tom Savini directed that movie, and I love Tom Savini, but that movie is fucking trash, man. <laughs> All right, well, I think we uh, should move on. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, next we got, uh, who's your favorite Scream Queen? Is the, uh, who's the best? They say who's the best Scream Queen, but that's, I don't like that. I don't like who's the best. I like who's, yeah, your, who's favorite. your favorite. Yeah, because, yeah, we <laughs> we definitely have this debate a lot, but favorite is kind of the same thing as best. I don't know, because. Yeah, I don't best get is, the... is, you have to have a rubric or rules to, to pick best. Yep. You know? Yep. But uh, so we we also debated this too, like what constitutes a, a scream queen? Yeah, people misuse this term. I feel like somebody who's been in like a a woman who's been in one horror movie, I don't think is a scream queen. <laughs> but I mean, I've seen people say it that way. But the chick from Psycho, I don't know if she's been in other stuff, but like that one performance, that one was powerful enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I, I think it's definitely it's it's. I mean. Our definitions of Scream Queen are going to be loose, but... Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and we kind of did it like, uh, we did a, an old school Scream Queen, like from the classic world of horror, and then an up-and-coming Scream Queen, who that we're, we've been impressed with in modern horror movies. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Neve Campbell from Scream as mine. Yeah. Just because I love Scream as one of my all-time favorite horror movies, and... She just, I mean, really, what's the point of the series without her at this point? <laughs> so I'm glad she's coming back for five. Or she's yeah, I think, it. like, Sydney Prescott is an iconic character. And I think yeah. her, like, arc is really good. You know, the way she's grown and developed throughout the movies has been cool to watch. Yep. And also, like, the movie itself is, like, a parody of it. So it allows yeah. the writers to make her the perfect scream queen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and like even within the series too, there's been some really good ones. Even uh, Drew Barrymore's iconic opening, yeah. Like, yeah, the way that first screen opens with her is a really good scene. Yeah, with the phone call. Yeah, that's definitely uh, my my pick. Would be Neve Campbell. Yeah, oh, that's wait. up there. That's a really good one. But my new school pick is uh, Maika Monroe from It Follows, who I think is, okay. and also she's in the guest. But I wouldn't really consider. Uh, her uh, a scream queen in the guest <laughs> but yeah she's definitely really 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 good in horror roles i think and especially in it, it follows which kind of i wouldn't say there's they're definitely not zombies but like the slow the slowness of the the monster you know yeah that, that constant dread and her performance is great yeah and you but, you're a fan of her like i've heard you bring her up before and like that's cool i think i don't hear a lot of people talk about her so i think you're a you're like yeah. a unique fan in that, yeah, it in that follows, sense. and the guests are both in my top few films. So, <laughs> definitely big fan. 
Mikio Monroe. Yeah. Those, those, I like uh, it both came, a lot, too. Yeah, those both came out in the, the same year, too. So Yeah, and the guests. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Adam Wingard, you know, we're both huge Adam Wingard fans, so. Yep. And Adam Egypt Mortimer, now that I saw uh, Dan was a real also, in addition to it follows. But, okay, my, uh, my Scream Queens. I've got, um, like I said, I've got three. Uh, for my old school. Can, can we throw the the one as an honorable mention for both of her? Because I came up with the idea. Yeah, you one. did. You did come up with the idea for this one. So we'll we'll move it to to the to the honorable mention for both of us. Um, At the end. Yeah, yeah. So my old so school classic. Yeah, who's your classic? D, D, D Wallace. Who I don't know if are you familiar with D Wallace? You probably I'm know her from Rob Zombie think. movies, modern Rob Zombie movies, because she was in uh, uh, Lords of Salem. She was one of the witches in Lords of Salem. Um, but she was in, like, E.T., The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, Cujo. She's, like, I, been I in some huge think movies. of Scream Queen when I think of E.T., so definitely a good pick. <laughs> Great pick. Let's move on. <laughs> E.T., E.T., Scream Queen. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I liked her a lot in, uh... She, oh, she's also in Halloween, uh, the, the 2007 Rob Zombie Halloween. I forgot about that. Who's she playing that? The, uh, Cynthia Strode, so she's Laurie Strode's mom in that. Mm, the one who uh, has an unfortunate demise. Uh, she does. Early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very dark. She does. <laughs> and she's also in Ty West's The House of the Devil, which, man, I highly recommend. Like, that movie is so sick. And Ty West in general, I think, is a really sick filmmaker. But she's in a lot of stuff, man. She's definitely earned her title of Scream Queen, I feel like, across so, uh, all the science fiction and horror stuff she's done. What's your new school pick, then? Yeah, my new school pick is, um, is Sherry Moon Zombie. And that's, like, like you kind of said, that's 2000s, I guess, or late 90s to now. But, like, I consider that pretty modern still. Yeah. And, and Lords of Salem isn't that, like, it's probably, what, 2011, 2012? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. And she's in, uh... Uh, Three from Hell, the newest one, and that's I guess more action, but still, uh, I think she's great. And I, even though she, you'd consider that action, <laughs> Three Three from Hell is yeah, mostly I think. I would yeah. say it's a thriller. I mean, I would say it's an action movie. <laughs> it's not an action movie, but it's an action thriller. I would say yeah. because there's a lot of it, gunfights. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the same vein as The Guest for sure. <laughs> yeah, like words. Yeah, it's less action than The Devil's Rejects. I think. Yeah, for sure. But um. But yeah, and I think even though she's basically only in Rob Zombie's movies, <laughs> uh, I think she kills it in all of them. Like, she's always, a, it's a highlight for me to get to watch her do some crazy shit in these movies. Especially the, as, in the, in the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses trilogy. Like, she's so crazy as uh, Baby Firefly. But then, yeah, Samara Weaving. Yeah. Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, which is in incredible movie one of my favorite horror movies of the recent years um, yeah ready or not and then from uh the babysitter and one yes, and two also she's... which i think are great yes oh, i haven't seen the second one but the first one's great <laughs> i i liked the second one also i don't i think the, the first one's maybe a, a little bit of a leg up but they're right there i think surprising to me how much i thought that with the like tone of that movie i was kind of like oh man i don't know if i'll like the second one but i did i liked it a lot yeah, but I think Ready or Not is like, I mean, in 10 years' time, we're going to be looking back on that movie like, damn, that was special. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch that. I got to watch that. Well, you haven't seen Ready or Not? 
Wow. Never seen Ready or Not. <laughs> wow. Wow. But just stand the podcast right now. You got to go watch it. <laughs> All right. See you later, guys. <laughs> we'll finish the rest of this list next episode. <laughs> that movie is insane. And like her, I mean, she just nails it. Like everything. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to check all the it out. we've talked ins- about it before. And you yeah, all the all the insanity going on around her, she just she nails it. Scream queen of one movie. <laughs> <laughs> you said it couldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, uh, take us to the next one, Nick. This one's uh, our first divisive one, I think. Oh, uh, okay. So um, this one is Wes Craven versus John Carpenter. Yeah. And this is tough for me, because, like, I like both of these guys a lot. But Nick's old man can't cop out and say that, that I got to pick one or the other. So yeah. I'm going with Carpenter. And I'm going with Craven. so. But I've definitely <laughs> not seen as many of both of their films as I would like, because I've loved... I can't think of a single one I've seen from either of them that I'm like, oh, man, that was bad. <laughs> so Yeah. I think John Carpenter has some some misses i think more maybe even more so than, than Wes craven but i think it's because john carpenter was super willing to do some out there shit yeah. like you know he would make some stuff that was that was way out of left field and and very risky you know and that's probably why he had a lot of misses and i think especially like later in his career is where a lot of those are like the first 20 years that guy was making movies he made tens man as far as i'm concerned i love all that shit also, he's so, a, a brilliant composer, too, so, like, yeah, never discredit that. I mean, that's rare error right there. Like, no directors compose their own music, right? <laughs> right, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, he's, like, not, not only does he do it, he's kick-ass at it. You know, like, he yeah, does it for I, other people, too. I listened to his new album that came out re- a few months oh, yeah, ago. yeah, it's so good, dude. It's so good, so yeah, good. it's just great instrumentals. Like, that guy can take a synth and turn it into something that, like, I never would have imagined a synth could be. Like, it's scary. Like, listen to that stuff. Like, it's it's yeah. very effective, like, horror music. But, yeah, he's definitely one of the reasons I love synth stuff. Like, yeah. Like, The Guest has synth. Uh, it Follows has synth. Like, a lot of my favorite horror movies, or movies in general, like Drive. <laughs> like, the yeah. synth score. I mean, you take it right back to that. Yeah, I love, uh, I love the synth score stuff, too. I'm with it's very, there, but I it's also a, it's very eighties, yeah, very eighties sounding. Yeah, for sure. And I like I you know I went with Carpenter because I just if you ask me what some of my favorite horror movies are, there's like my my, my top twenty five has probably five John Carpenter movies in it. You know, like yeah, I, I just really thing. like that guy's stuff. Yeah, the, the thing, thing is very very high on both of our lists. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. The thing and Halloween and uh, yeah, Halloween of course. Assault on Precinct 13 is cool, and that's like horror action. Um, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, a hot take. I liked Vampire. Also, I don't think a lot of people liked that movie, but I, but I like it. And uh, I think, like, what's the, uh, the Mouth of Madness, the Lovecraft one? That one's really cool. Um, didn't he do the original The Fog? I think he did. That one's sick, too. Like, the guy just made kick-ass movies, man. Like... But Wes Craven, again, again, I'm a huge Wes Craven fan, too. I, I Scream, you know, and Last House yeah, on the Left. Yeah, I was going to say. And... I'm going I'm to pick Wes Craven solely off Scream because that's probably, maybe Alien is my favorite horror franchise, but Scream is probably number two. Yeah. Yeah, so, I love Scream like, also. 
I mean, and I'm not discrediting Freddy, but I, I will say I'm less of a Freddy fan than I think a lot of horror fans which, are. Which I guess is a good segue to the next topic. Yeah, it is. The next one we have on the list is Freddy vs. Freddy Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> yeah. And I guess with that being said, I'm going Jason. <laughs> and I'm going Freddy. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the last half is where we're more divisive, I think, than the, uh, than the first half. Yeah. But I, I definitely like both. I just think there's more depth to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I, I don't know. And I've always been fascinated by dreams. Like, like one of my favorite movies is Mulholland Drive Dream, like dream analysis. Like, I love that stuff. And A Nightmare on Elm Street does some very interesting things, I think, with playing with people's. Yeah, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is a way, like, it's a way higher concept. And it's, I think Freddy has some of the most incredible kills in, in all of horror. Like, this dude could shapeshift into all kinds of shit. And, like, it's, man, it's, they come up with some really awesome, grotesque looking stuff. Like, shout out to Tom Savini again. He did a lot of the effects for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's all really good. But Jason, to me, is just, there's something scary about a dude in a mask, you know? And especially with Jason, like, the way he like repeated the same crime over and over kind of that's like, what i was, was just, just gonna say too i think it's interesting that and i definitely haven't seen as many so i've seen a few friday the 13th they all take place at a camp crystal lake right oh until or, yeah until like the latter half of the franchise when oh, he like yeah, went to hell J- in new york J- and jason takes manhattan <laughs> right and, yeah, and jason x is like sci-fi uh Wait, and it's, what? I need to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, Jason X is like on a spaceship. What? And it's like it's like he's got like this cyborg looking mask and he like there's one point one of the kills he like cryogenically freezes a guy and shatters his whole body and oh, like that sounds, it's that sounds badass. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's like the 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 last like three or four movies in that franchise they're like fuck it, let's get crazy. <laughs> like he goes to yeah. hell first, Manhattan, like he goes all over the place, but but yeah, like the first half of the series is all uh Camp Crystal Lake, and I think the first four, in my opinion, are the the sweet spot. Uh, to me, those are the most grounded and like kind of like scary, but they're different. I was like that franchise is almost split in half because like the latter half is just insanity, and the yeah, first just, half is more grounded. You know, they're they're eventually like we're just banking on Jason making crazy kills, so like yeah. let's just let them go wild <laughs> like just yeah, get exactly. in the writer's room and like what's the craziest way we can kill someone <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it was like they ran out of ideas for camp crystal lake and i think people were tired of it too like people were tired of the because like freddie had the advantage of the dreams could look insane and different you know like every every time so like yeah but jason had the the disadvantage of like all his shit's happening at crystal lake and there's only so much they could do with that you know yeah visually and i think right also like story-wise I think. Yeah, because well, you get I mean, he kill you only kill so many counselors at Camp Crystal Lake before you're like, come on, man, people exactly. stop going there. Which I think, <laughs> they, I mean, like they embrace too. Like they're just like, you know, let's not make the story super complicated. Right. Although there is some some uh, complicate more abstract ones, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there's the one that's like a new beginning, which is like. Dude. Man, I don't even want to get started. Jason's not even in the fucking movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, it, isn't there one where Jason isn't even in the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, the okay, the the very first Friday the Thirteenth, he's not in the movie because oh, he's a kid. Yeah, but yeah. and his mom's the killer. But like this one is like the fifth one. I think it's part five, and it's because it's after my favorite Friday the Thirteenth of all time is number four. 
the final chapter. I really like that one. But um, but this one was I think part five or six in New Beginning, and it's like takes place at like a an or like an orphanage type place, like a a youth shelter, and the killer is one of the kids in the youth shelter. Like it's it's not, and he's wearing a Jason mask, but it's got like blue stripes on it instead of red ones and stuff. That was their like tell, I guess, that it's Roy and not Jason, but. They they realized after they made that that like people didn't want that and they they scrapped that whole idea and went back to Jason. But and he was like reborn, I think, after that, where he was like his grave was struck by lightning and he came back to life and that's when it got insane. <laughs> but yeah. Def- definitely uh, both iconic, as is Michael Myers and a few uh Chucky. There's yeah, definitely some sure. like I mean those those four are probably the top four slasher. Yeah, those things, those characters are all iconic, and I love all those franchises. You know, yeah. they're all fun. They're all like gory and and well made, and yeah, I don't I mean, think there's the, a king necessarily. Yeah, and they're and they're also so successful that they get remade a ton. So uh, let's uh, yeah, let's slide into the next uh, question with that, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to make it clever segue. See, Cinema Blend, like, they worded this remakes uh, that ruined the original, which, that's poor wording to me. We took that as, like, they make the original bad. They make you not like the original, which is not what they mean. Yeah, that never happens, and that's not what they mean. Like, it's, they mean, like, which remakes insult the original, basically. Yeah, or, or like, are a disservice, like, do a disservice to... Fans. And we're going to group reboots into this also because that's another common thing now, especially with horror, is rebooting because they like to change up a bunch of shit, you know, and like try to make because it different. Going back to Freddy and Jason, right? Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, that was a reboot, technically, right? Well, it was a remake, yeah. also a reboot. It, well, it was I supposed think it to was, be a reboot. <laughs> yeah, because it was like not exactly the same story as the first Friday the 13th. Uh,. But it was very similar, and it's like, that's kind of the the new Friday the 13th. Like, I really liked that movie, but they, the, the both, funny enough, Michael Bay produced both of these that we're talking about, as well as the Texas well, Chainsaw reboots. Because, I mean, like, at some point they were going to be, like, a cinematic universe. Like, they just wanted them all yeah. to tie together. <laughs> yeah. Imagine and, that, a, a cinematic universe of all right? the slashers. <laughs> Slasherverse, the Slasherverse. And I'm here for it, man. Let's I mean, fucking... they had Freddy versus Jason, so... I yeah, that was, like, meta, meta, as meta as it's ever got, you know, I think. Great movie, too. Turn off your brain yeah. and watch, watch Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, exactly. It, it delivers. It delivers. <laughs> but I think, like, at the one weird thing I brought up to Nick, we were discussing this briefly before we started as we were prepping for the show, and that the one thing that gets me with all these reboots is that they make one and then they stop. Why, did you re- why not remake it if you're just going to do one? And because, like, I don't get the point of rebooting it and setting it up for more when you don't actually do more. See, I think, you know? and I brought up the point that, like, the reception of a lot of them dictates yeah. it. Because, like, the Halloween 2018, 2017, 2018? 2018, yeah. Is, I mean, it's not a re, it's, it is almost a reboot, though. Like, it it's is. sort of, yeah, it's like a direct, it's actually a direct sequel, but it's also yeah. sort of a reboot. It's a sequel you know? slash reboot, but, like, yeah. it was well-received and... I mean, I'm not super crazy about it, but it was well received. Made yeah, I think we're we're in the minority because I, you know, people love that movie. Everybody in our our movie chat that we have on Twitter loves that movie, but I'm I lean towards the Rob Zombie ones myself. Oof, 
You're gonna get some uh, hate comments <laughs> yes. for that one. So hit, hit me up on Twitter with your with your uh, your, your shit mail on that one. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like I li- especially the first one. I think the first Rob Zombie Halloween is fucking fantastic. I, mean, I thought the, the second one got super. Second weird. one went off the rails a bit with yeah, the mom thing. It goes a bit off the rails. I think <laughs> you take you take the mom thing out of that and make it a pure road movie. I'm here for it. But yeah, the so mom so stuff it, was real weird. It's definitely <laughs> not trash. So yeah, like, it's the first one's great. But the second one yeah. is, it's good, okay to good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it rides the line, you know, at some parts. But it's I like it overall. It's weird how these kind of are mixed. They're always mixed. Nobody's ever universally happy with these. I don't think. Yeah, because I think like a lot of the times they're not making it to bank on those old fans because they don't care. Like like at the end of the day, you could still watch that nineteen seventy version right. of Poltergeist. They're they're making it for a twenty a new audience twenty fifteen no. audience. When was the Poltergeist remade? It was like twenty fifteen or sixteen. Something like I never saw that and, one, but and, yeah, something like that. Yeah, people shat on it like, oh man, this is awful and insult. But like at the end of the day, they're not catering to fans of the original. Right. They're just they're just catering to kids who might. You know. Yeah, I don't get mad at them for change. A lot of I see a lot of like fans of of and it's in horror a lot too i see a lot of people that are fans of the old horror movie the original like black christmas for instance i love the original version of that i know we disagree there you don't you're not as, as hot on it as i am but i you know like a lot of people were like i'm not crazy about the first remake but it's it's fine you know and like it wasn't it the thing is is it wasn't for me like i'm a fan of the original if i want to watch the original i'll go watch the original you know yeah like it that's how i feel about that is like it's I can go into it and not be upset when I walk out of it because, like, at the end of the day, I got the DVD. I go pop in the first one, you know, and yeah, like, and the first one is the exact same movie, yeah, that you remembered. So like, yeah, there's exactly. No point, there's no point getting mad about it, right? Yeah. Right. I, you know, sometimes I I'll watch them and maybe go, I don't think I would have done that, you know, and that's fine. I think you're never gonna agree with everything they do, but I think. It's especially with like I think today's audience is different than you know yeah. the audience of yesteryear for sure, and they want different things out of their movies than than the people did in 1974. You know when the original Black Christmas came out, they want yeah. a different Black Christmas than they had then. You know, I love it if they went crazier, like they just went like imagine a found footage Michael Myers Halloween, where like. Yeah. They're all on their phones, you know, Snapchatting and <laughs> right. You know? Like, well, kind of like Scream Four wasn't found footage, but it was close. Like, there's a lot of segments in that movie that that are like yeah. from a webcam or from a phone or from that camp, that head cam that guy wears. You know, like it very much embraced technology. Yeah, yeah. Which, but like, I, if you if you make a found footage Halloween and just have Michael Myers in the background, you know. Right. It would obviously people are gonna shit on that idea. They'll be like, "Oh man, that sounds terrible." You know, I'm not gonna. There's watch some that, people like, who would love it though. Yeah, I think. yeah. But I feel you like it, it. It would just be interesting. You know, at the end of the day, like I'd rather see an interesting take on it instead of banking on nostalgia a lot of the times. Yeah, like that's what I too. think the Halloween 2018 did. It it just banked on nostalgia a lot, and instead of being incredibly innovative in any way. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And it that's kind it, of what what I my problem, I guess we could go into for a second. My problem with the 2018 movie is that it made Michael Myers feel not scary at all to me. 
Yeah, like, like she's straight up fighting back. Like yeah, they nothing. like they prepped for this guy and fucked him up. You know, like it was like nothing. You know, like it was it did it made his intimidation that's been built up over forty years kind of diminish a bit for me. You know, yeah, in the way they presented it, I think. But I'm I'm hoping with Halloween Kills that there's going to be a lot more uh, bloodshed. So I'm hoping you know Michael Myers comes back with a vengeance here. Yeah, maybe he'll bring Freddy in and Chucky and <laughs> make a. Leslie Vernon, the Leslie Vernon can come along. Yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be the Avengers of slasher movies. (laughs) That's what I want. Yeah, the Expendables, but but it's slasher movies, man. Xenomorphs and freaking Predator. (laughs) Well, you know, with your with your found footage uh, thing you brought up with the Halloween thing, yeah, that that kind of. A great segue into our next question. Yes, the next that's question. what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the final question in this article is is the, or for the final one we in the way we arranged it is, uh, do you think found footage is still relevant? And I, interestingly enough, this this was a very relevant question to me because I just got done with a found footage film festival, and I think before that film festival, my answer might have been different than it is now, because I. That film festival opened my eyes to what found footage can be. You know, like, we've only seen, you know, for the majority of the found footage that's out there, especially the mainstream ones, it's been straight horror, it's been demonic entities, it's been, it's been all very samey, you know? And like... I I wouldn't say very samey. I don't know. That's a... Maybe that's a bad generalization. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's been, I don't know, it's been all horror, kind of. Is yeah. it? It's been strictly horror for the most part, and it's like that. That festival opened my eyes to like the fact that you could do movies outside of horror inside found footage, and have it be successful. And you can also, I think, merge other genres with found footage and make it work. Yeah, here's my spiel on found footage. I think a lot of the times it wears out its welcome quickly into the movie and then you just want it to end and they just always ended on some crazy way to get the footage in the hands of whoever's releasing the film i don't know yeah and that was something else i think this 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 festival helped me like a lot of them are like that you're right where it's like they try to tack on something at the end of of how how we're watching this you know yeah and i do I watched a VHS two recently, and I loved that movie because every single one was twenty minutes, and every single one of them had a creative way to showcase the found footage. Like, uh, the one was in the eye implant. The one was right on a GoPro. The one which which the GoPro one was from the point of view of a zombie, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, they did a news one where there was like a news team following with cameras. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting, but like, I feel like a lot of the times in a in an hour and a half movie, it just it wears out its welcome too quickly. Yeah, I can see that, and I and I will say a lot of these uh, at this festival were actually like between an hour and an hour and twenty minutes. You know, there yeah, were a lot of them were on the shorter side, which I think helped. Yeah, that I think that's the sweet spot. I think a lot of the paranormal activities are like that, right? Where they're they yeah, they're like. Right at an hour and a half. None, none of them are much longer than an hour and a half. Yeah, because I love most of the paranormal activities. I've I've seen all of them, but the newest one, I believe. Yeah, weird side question. Which one's your favorite? Mine's three. Mine's two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. 
I don't think a lot of people pick two. That's a, that's a unique pick. Yeah, I, I loved the first one too when I first saw it, but I felt like the second one just kind of it built Took it to it the, to the spot, next level. and it built it to the spot where I wanted it to be, and it had that ending that was interesting. Three definitely probably has the best ending, I guess. I think three is the scariest, also. In my yeah, because that's the one that ends with the the cult, right? The like cult, the, yeah. The cult's just time. there, walking towards the camera and shit, and it's like. Because it's set in, like, the 70s. It's, like, when Katie and her sister are kids. Yep. And I liked that. The, the setting, I think, helped it be creepier, too. Because it's, like, the camera quality, they edited it to make it look like an old camera, kind of. And it was... They had, like, the yeah. date in the corner and stuff. And it was, uh, I don't know, very effective. I liked it. I but. think that series does a lot of interest. Because, like, Paranormal Activity 4, they had the Xbox Connect. And, like... Right. They used technology even more in 4. Yeah. It was and after that's... 4 where it got weaker, in my opinion. Yes, the the one right after that, the marked ones, was the one. Yeah, they leaned like, into nah. effects really hard in that one, and it was weird. I didn't like it. Yeah, so it, I haven't seen it. like the, the corner of the room world. Yeah, I didn't watch that one either. I, mean, I did hear it was actually a little better than, than the marked ones, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, but the first four, I like all four. So, And I definitely think that they all kind of do interesting yeah. things. I think there's some fantastic found footage movies out there, and I... And I if you check out my letterbox, I'll start linking our letterbox on the podcast description. Um, but if you check out my letterbox, I've reviewed every movie I watched at the, the festival. And aside from a couple, I gave most of them good scores. Like, I, I think they all did something interesting and they all did stuff that I hadn't really seen the genre do before. And there was a couple that were, you know, standouts to me, like especially. Um, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, my, uh, Descent into Darkness is uh, instantly became one of my new favorite found footage movies super fucked up and like you're into those dark twisted movies it's one of the darkest and twisted most twisted movies i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of stuff that's that's you know shock value stuff and uh it also had a uh a drama about drug addiction that uh really hit home for me that uh I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have uh, some future insight into that film for you. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll chat with some people who made it, you know. Hopefully they're not posers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this has been a, a, a kick-ass episode of, of Void Video. We appreciate you coming and, and listening to us talk about horror for... How long have we been talking about horror for, Nick? We've been talking over an hour. This is this might time. be the longest episode. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But uh, you know, you get us on longer. A... Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I, you get me on some horror, and I can talk to you for hours. You know. Uh, but we appreciate you coming out, and maybe we'll uh, have something special regarding that found footage film festival for you coming up pretty soon. So keep your eye out for that. Or ear. Ear, 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 ear. Yeah. Keep your, well, ear. well, you know, if you got your eyes on the socials, get your your eye on our Twitter and your ear on our podcast. Eye on the feed. social, ear on the podcast, because you can't really see a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Are we? Are like? I don't know. That brings me to an existential question to close this out. Are we real if people can't see us?